and welcome back to another episode of Full Seam Ahead. We are back. It's it's been a minute uh, here in the off season. Time moves in strange ways, but the stove is hot. The winter meetings are well underway. Free agents are signing left and right. Trades going down. Speculation all over the place. It is a busy, busy time in the world of baseball, and we're here to break it all down with you from an Astros point of view. Lorenzo, what's your take on this hot stove? It is on fire right now, I think. I think you've seen a couple of moves at the winter meetings and everything like that. You had Trey Turner signing to the Phillies. You had Jacob DeGrom going to Arlington. Um, Right now, the speculation of Aaron Judge going to the Giants. We don't know. Hashtag John Heyman can't get anything right. Uh, But, I mean, the stove is hot. I mean, there's been a lot of players getting signed everywhere. We'll break it down where everybody is going. But you, and it's just that time of year when we get to see new faces and new franchises. And it's very exciting to see, you know, if this player is going to make an impact on that team. You know, for example, the Phillies were just two wins away from winning a World Series. And right now they're loading up everybody in the free agent market. So it's always hot, dude. It's literally on fire. Yeah, it is. And the Astros were part of the early group getting it started off last week, uh, signing Jose Abreu, free agent, formerly of the White Sox, uh, signing him to a three-year $58.5 million deal to play first base uh, for $19.5 million average annual value. This was a signing that uh, had been rumored even really even before the offseason got started. Uh, you know, we saw the struggles that Yuli Gurriel had at the plate during the regular season this year. He had, he had a great postseason, a little bit of a resurgence there. Um, but the reality was that going into the offseason, first base was a major area of need for the Astros. And I think they went out and got the best guy they could have. Um at least on the free agent market. Anthony Rizzo was out there. He signed, re-signed with the Yankees. Josh Bell was out there. He re-signed with the Guardians, or he signed with the Guardians just yesterday. Um, but I think the Astros should feel very good about getting Jose Abreu. He is a former MVP, and he's going to be batting, what, seventh, sixth in this lineup? Six. So, yeah. so I mean, you know, you, you got to feel good about, about that signing. But what do you think about giving him three years? That was the only thing that kind of jumped out at me as maybe a question mark on Abreu. I mean, I think he's been consistent really throughout the years. He's been playing with the White Sox. I haven't seen none regression go down with him. His defense has been great. Um, the biggest thing that we're going to see with him is him hitting the ball pretty damn hard. I mean, he's had high levels of exit velocity, um, hard hit percentages. X woba is pretty good. Uh, low strikeout rate as well. Everything looks great with this guy. It's a huge upgrade at first. Um, yes, Yuli Gurriel, the Lapina um, fans out there, it, it sucks, but we just, you know, you never know. I think the Astros are still on him as well, maybe bringing him back. I think he would be a great bench utility role type player for this team, especially when Jose Abreu needs some breaks. But 35 years old, he's going to be 36, I believe, coming in January. Three years. I mean, if he could stay consistent like he's been doing with the White Sox, I do not have a problem with him staying with Houston. And, you know, from the press conference that he was talking about, all he's focusing about is winning. And this ball club is really the same situation, trying to go through um, winning more World Series, getting to the ALCS, getting to the World Series, and actually holding that commissioner's trophy more. And I think Jose Abreu is a great fit for us. Uh, he's a great clubhouse personnel as well. Um, I think I've heard on the Sports Talk 790, or it could have been on Twitter as well, that when the White Sox and the Astros were playing, and the Astros obviously traveled to the South Side, Jose Abreu would, um, you know, buy breakfast for the all the land players in the Astros clubhouse. Obviously, we have some uh Cuban connections with the Ledmus Diaz, Jordan Alvarez, and Yuli Gurriel, and even Abreu respects Gurriel as well. But the hospitality, I think he's going to be a a great clubhouse fit, a great clubhouse guy. I think all the guys are going to love him around. So I think three years, I don't think it's bad at all. I, as long as he be consistent and continue hitting the ball hard like he's been doing, I won't see no problem with him. Yeah, and he and he's shown an ability to stay healthy throughout his career. And obviously, the older you get, you know, you, you cross that 35 line and things start trending in the negative direction. But, you know, if he can – that's a trend specifically – 
we've seen struggles with health from some of our guys, uh, our older guys. You know, we also missed Brantley for half the season this year. Um, but keeping him in there, keeping him healthy, plugged in, will be pretty big and uh, definitely an offensive upgrade. Uh, and certainly not a slouch defensively either. Um, yeah, it was a very solid signing. Uh, kind of came out of nowhere. Bob Nightingale just nailed us yeah. with that one at, at lunch one day, and here we go, off to the races. Uh, I, th- I thought that was going to be a winter meeting signing, but very clear that the Astros are here to do business. And I think this is the first sign to me, really, that this market is nuts. Yeah. Like, this is a banana. We're in banana land right now. You know, when when Montero, when the Astros re-signed Montero um, right after the World Series, Myself included, and a lot of people were like, holy crap, that's a lot of money uh, for a reliever. But based on what we've seen since then, I don't think it's ridiculous to say he probably would have gotten that in free agency. And we that we probably yeah. played, paid pretty close to market value for him or what his market value would have turned out to be. Uh, just, just seeing these deals. And so even you know, if you look at the Abreu deal, and you're like, oh, 19 and a half for a 35-year-old, I don't think that that's, that's crazy. I mean, Saw yeah. Mitch Hanniger. We saw Mitch Hanniger yesterday get what, fifteen and a half, sixteen. Yeah, yeah, forty three over three. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just think that the way this market is right now, feel comfortable with that. Feel good about it. Uh, gonna be interesting to see arbitration salaries, but oh well, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Uh, but as far as Astros roundup goes, and, and continuing, it, we are in the middle of the winter meetings. Today is the last official day of the winter meetings out there in San Diego. But make no mistake, these conversations will continue. We are not slowing down at all. We've had most of, I'd say most of the big names come off the board. Uh, but there's still a lot of guys out there that are hanging around looking for teams. As of right now, uh, Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson, Xander Bogarts, Carlos Rodon. There's a ton of dudes out there that are still looking for their new team. And the Astros are still in the biggest one. Yeah, of course, Aaron Judge. Uh, And the Astros are still looking to fill in pieces as well. Dusty Baker, Bill Furkus, Jim Crane have shown they're not done yet. They're not ready to call it quits on this offseason. Dusty Baker is in attendance at the winter meetings, along with assistant recently promoted assistant GM Bill Furkus. Click is not there, according to Chandler Rome. Uh, Furkus said that that Crane is the final decider. Um, and Perkis was just kind of, we are, he's following Crane's marching orders. And I'm guessing that Crane told him, spend and get us what we need yeah. um, based on the attitude that Crane has, has had so far. Um, so the Astros are there and, you know, they're, they're taking a scope of the scene. And I think there's a couple guys that are peaking their interest, but who do you think is the most interesting target for the Astros at the winter meeting still? Well, I think right now it's showing that Wilson Contreras is the biggest one for them. Um, we've talked about it all fair about him and Sean Murphy and all the other guys that they're looking at. But, um, I mean, I really don't know what the Astros should target. I don't know if you sh- should sign Wilson Contreras. And if you do sign him, it must not hurt the pockets. It, it can't hurt the pockets, yeah. the checkbook or anything like that. It has to be a fair signing. Um, especially with him being, you know, okay with, um, you know, splitting the catching duties with Maldonado. Obviously, I think Crane has, you know, been specific enough about him going into left field and being able to be that utility guy as, I don't know why, but, you know, maybe left field can help him. Obviously, we have a short porch not being that bad, 315 off the wall. It could help him. Um, he hasn't played left field really really outfield in general since 2016 2017 and it'd be interesting to see yeah. him play some left field but i think wilson Contreras could be a great addition to this team obviously i'm not too sure like i was saying about the money i just i do not want to overpay a guy that's going to be there for five years and especially if bill fergus said that they would like to have maldonado back next year i, I just it's really hard to determine right now where the astros want to go Obviously, the trade rumors with um, Sean Murphy, they're still in talks with Andrew Benatendi, Michael Conforto, Brandon Nimmo. Um, I mean, honestly, I think Wilson Contreras would be probably your top guy because the way, obviously, the bet that he's produced, um, his fielding percentage last year was not bad at all. Either he had a 994 
And I had wrote about this. Uh, Christian Vasquez had a 991 and Maldi had a 998. Um, so he's a great defensive catcher still. But obviously, is he going to be in that DH role? How much money are the Astros willing to spend on him? How much are the money, you know, how much money is basically going to be left? Because, too, you got to think about the future of Kyle Tucker. Are they going to try to extend Kyle Tucker? Um, which they should because now they're banned the shift and he was one of the top guys to hit into the shift these past years. So I can see Kyle Tucker hitting over 300 next year. But I think right now it's probably Wilson Contreras being the top guy for them. I just don't see anybody else. I think they're going to play it safe with Michael Brantley. I think they could bring him back if they do sign Contreras because, I mean, they love the left-handed hitters. Obviously, we only have two right now and to add another one in Michael Brantley. And he could even play some left field as well and be the DH. So it's it's difficult where the Astros stand on trying to sign like which free agents out there. At least to Yeah, me. and I I think to begin with Wilson Contreras, I think like you said, the money complicates things. Uh Spotrack gets his Spotrack gives him a right about sixteen and a half market value, sixteen and a half million dollar market value. That just seems high to me. Um, especially considering the rumors are that the Astros have given him a five-year offer. Um, but mm-hmm. if they're if the Astros are going to be asking him to perform a utility role, you have to up that a little bit. Um, yeah, you have to assume that that's going to get up a little bit. And I just don't know about committing, let's say, nineteen twenty million, uh, for a catcher who's going to catch sixty games a year. Yeah, because it's, Maldonado it's just, it's just is difficult. Maldonado is going to continue to catch the lion's share of 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 games mod uh Contreras does not have a reputation of being a great defender he's he's uh generally considered to be weak in the the idea of game planning and and prep and pitch call and pitch selection so i think that that's a huge that's a big ask monetarily for a guy who is not checking all your boxes when you know you have options out there that may not deem that utility function as necessary. If we want to sign a catcher, I'd rather, I would love to hear the Astros renegotiating with Christian Vasquez. I'd really like, I, you know, he's not, he's not a heavy hitter. He's not a heavy hitter, but he's a guy who gets on base. We saw, I mean, he, he didn't play enough last year as an Astro Mm -hmm. to really ever get in the swing of things. Um, but he showed a really strong connection with Javier for the end of the year. Uh, he's a guy who I think you could be comfortable giving mm, 60, 75, 80 uh, starts. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just If we're really going to sign a catcher, I'd rather go a little bit of a cheaper route. Or if yeah, we want to go all the way, I'm, I'm on board for a trade for Sean Murphy. I'll take I, – I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, real quick, if you look into the backup catcher's roles, um, I threw that name that I was th- telling you off fair, looking into a Jorge Alfaro. Uh, Jorge Alfaro, to me, has he's the youngest, I believe, in the free agent market as the catchers. Um, he had a good stint with Miami. He had a good stint with Philly in the 2017 to the 2019 years. Um, he does have some power on him as well. It's, you know, if you're going to look into that, you got to look into the cheap backup catcher roles. Like you said, Roberto Perez has some experience of being that backup catcher with his days in Cleveland, um, you know, behind Jan Gomes in that uh, 2018 years, I believe. Um, another one could be Tucker Barnhart, Tucker Barnhart, Austin Hedges. Them, if you really want to save some money and be able to use, you know, that additional money to someone else that's going to help you bring this team you know, build this team to be better and, you know, win for a championship. Tucker title, Barnhart which... may be a downgrade offensively from Maldonado. You, well, <laughs> it's probably not yeah. super far yeah. off. It, I've probably, who probably am I not thinking? There's another all. Reds hitter that was, is it him? I'm just not too sure at the moment. You're thinking but, of Tyler um, Stevenson. Yeah, that's the guy I'm thinking of probably. But yeah, if you're looking into a cheaper deal, I mean, I think them guys out there, Roberto Perez has a great stick. Omar Navarez too has a great stick. So if you're really looking at the, you know, kind of saving money type area and trying to use that money for something else, like for a contract extension or another 
one to two more players in the free agent market. I think them guys are good, solid players. But, I mean, too, I would love Christian Vasquez to come back. It's just, I don't know. If Bill Ferkus said that the Astros are going to look into bringing Maldi back for the following year, even though his contract ends this 2023 season, I mean, I'm kind of all for it, too, because I think these young guys really look up to Maldi. Maldi has been the guy. He's been the captain, really, to me, too, when Correa left. He's been the one stepping up, calling everybody, um, you know, trying to help the pitchers out trying to figure out what to do at, you know, tight situations like that. Lance McCullers has even been very uh, vocal about that, about Maldonado being the, you know, really the leader of that team, especially in the clubhouse. So it'd be, it's just difficult right now, dude. It's like you, it's like for me, I do want Wilson Contreras, but at the same time too, I do not want to overspend for a guy like that. No, I, I think that there's, there's, there's too many, downsides they're not big downsides they're not major but i think that there's just too many of them for a guy that hits 240 and the catcher with Contreras, the the most attractive thing is he can hit 20 home runs and that's great i mean that's awesome and i love that but also i don't know if it's worth if 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 the cost is reducing ability to extend kyle tucker or you know re-sign some of the upcoming bullpen pieces and arms, I, it's not worth it to me. And and I would rather pursue yeah. options. We have guys coming up. We have Corey Lee and Yanir Diaz. Who knows? Maybe neither of them pan out. You'd probably but use also, that as a trade piece as well, too, if you could. Yeah, and, and I don't know. I'm not super, super – I'm not sold that Wilson Contreras is going to be the difference maker in a team that already has – like we just mentioned, yeah, you, you got one through seven is freaking loaded on this squad, or one through six as of right now. Well, if you add, uh, add him, Chaz McCormick, I think, honestly, no so I, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I think if you do add Wilson, he does give you that, you know, balance at the seven. You know, I'm pretty sure he'll be put in the seven hole. But you know, when his time with the Cubs last year, he was the only player that could really help out that team. There was really nobody else. Nico yeah. Her- uh, Horner was always getting hurt. Uh, David Bodie as well has not been playing the well. Uh, same thing as Madrigal, top prospect that was with the the White Sox. He hasn't been promising for the Cubs. He had all that pressure on him, you know, understandably. If you come to Houston, obviously you do not have a lot of pressure on you. You have, you're batting, yeah. you know, you'll probably be way after, um, you know, way before actually the Alvarez's, the Tuckers, Jose Abreu, um, you know, and then being in that seven hole, you can really produce any way possible. Um, if you do plug him in that lineup, I think that's probably one of the best lineups since 2019. Because 2019, just think about it, it was Springer, Altuve, Brantley, what Alvarez, Correa. I mean, that lineup was pretty damn stacked. Our nine hole was Josh Reddick, and you know, Josh Reddick wasn't the best hitter. I think Chaz McCormick has was a better hitter at the time than. Not at the time, but if you compare, you know, 2022 Chaz McCormick and 2019 Josh Reddick, I'm going with McCormick because McCormick has a lot of power sure. going the other way. Um, his walk rate has been better. His strikeout rate has been low. So if you plug in Contreras, I wouldn't think it would be a bad idea because he will still give you no. some, you know, you, I think it'll change the uh, the lineup from more powerful to dominant. I mean, there, there's no, and you know, obviously Jim Crane's been vocal about that too. He wants a big bat. He already got one big bat. I, and I wouldn't be surprised if he goes and gets this other big bat. But Contreras hasn't had a. I think his down year was probably in 21. He was batting 237, which is probably his lowest batting average. Uh, 21 home runs, 98 hits, which it doesn't sound bad at all. His best year has was been in uh, 2017. 21 home runs, 276 average, 74 RBIs. So, like I said, I I, I believe I, I do like him coming to Houston, but it it just has to be on the right price. It just I just you just can't overpay it. Yeah, and the you know the the market for catchers is changing right now with the A's putting uh, Sean Murphy on the on the block as well as the Blue Jays are willing to trade. I mean, they have three hitting catchers that they're willing to. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, work with Alejandro Kirk. Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen, I think, are the two that they're most likely to move. Um, so I mean, that changes that changes Wilson Contreras' market. 
um, quite a bit. Um, so that's just something to kind of keep an eye on. I don't know. I, I almost feel like if a deal with Contreras was going to happen, it should have happened by now, maybe. Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm completely today, wrong there. Um, maybe I mean maybe I'm completely wrong, but um, I don't know. I it just doesn't seem to me to be as big of a priority as some people are making it out to be. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a hot market out there. Things are things are crazy. Things are moving. Um, the Astros are are wheeling and dealing, uh, and they're doing it all with no general manager. Obviously, parting ways with Jim. Uh, James Click after the World Series championship. Uh, and it's been Jim Crane running the show with his boys. Uh, Jeff Bagwell, Jeff Bagwell. Has been a big, <laughs> Jeff Bagwell is big in negotiating with Jose Abreu. Um, and Reggie according to Jackson, Brian, too, have some type of um, yeah. saying, too, as well. Yeah. And according to Brian McTaggart, Scott Boris said it's like working with them like that, like always. His quote was, They've been great to work with. They've been very attentive in communication. Jim's been on the phone with me a number of times. They really haven't skipped a beat as far as how we deal with them. So to me, that means things are moving forward. We're headed in the right direction. I think there was so much belly aching about, oh, my God, we fired Click. Oh, my God, Bagwell is going to take us to the Stone Ages because he hates analytics. I think a a lot of that is, is super blown out of proportion. Uh, especially the Bagwell thing. Like I, I don't, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm an analytics guy. I love, I, I'm big fan of them. I believe in them, but the, the clips that Chandler Rome was tweeting out and getting everybody stirred up about were taken kind of out of context. And I, I don't, know, I don't think it was as big of a deal as people were making it out to be. Yeah. Um, I think, well, even they even asked him too about what do you think about being the general manager? And he's like, oh, hell no. I'm not like not even close to thinking about being a general manager. And then they asked him about his buddy, Brad Osmus. What do you think about yeah. him? And he's like, oh, yeah. I think Brad Osmus would fit in. I think, you know, with his player, you know, mentality yeah. that he has and the way with the analytics, I don't like that at all. I'd rather go get somebody else than a Brad Osmus. Um, yeah, no, I still hope that Cranes get can pull Sig in. Well, yeah, we didn't even mention that. He's supposed to be looking um, to get a general manager I think before January or by January, um, obviously before spring training, that's going to be the biggest um, time slot right there. But we need real quick. Let's mention about Sean Murphy. Um, obviously you were mentioning about the rumors with him. Uh, a couple of teams, Cardinals, Cubs, Rays, Red Sox, Guardians, and Braves all have interest in the catcher uh, per Mark Feinstein. The Astros have emerged as a potential suitor. For Sean Murphy, per source, Houston currently has Martin Maldonado as its catcher and has been connected to free agent Wilson Contreras. Murphy, a former Gold Glove winner, is under club control through 2025. I just don't see them, you know, even though it would be really great to have him a part of this ball club, I just did not see that Oakland Athletics giving him up to us as, you know, being the yeah. AL West. I, you know, I, I think that that plays in, but I also think that the, the data driven economics side of baseball these days says you take the best deal, regardless if they're in your division or not. Mm-hmm. And if the Astros can put a pack, if the Astros are willing to put a package together that, that, that the A's think is valuable and, and worthwhile and makes economic sense, I don't think they're going to really get caught up on the divisional thing, especially because, I mean, let's be honest, these are two teams in very different stratospheres right now. Um, I, I just don't, I don't see that maybe being the final nail. Maybe it complicates things, but if the Astros can put a competent package together, uh, I think that there's a chance. But that package would have to include my guess would be Luis Garcia would have to be the centerpiece yeah. of that. It would have to be Garcia. That's what I, was I don't ask. think. Urquidy, I was like, who do you think? Erkiti doesn't have enough team control left to be worth it. Uh, I mean, Christian Javier technically would, but I don't think the Astros would would or should move him at any, by any means. No, it'd be um, stupid. I wouldn't mind moving Garcia. I look if you don't if you don't know Sean Murphy, Sean Murphy's the real deal. Um, yes, he's a great. The kid, he he should have won Rookie of the Year. He is one of the best defensive catchers in baseball, and he can hit. Um, if you look up his baseball savant stat profile, his similar profiles. For the 2022 season, were JT Romuto and Carlos Correa. That was just yep. just to put that in perspective. 
um, as far as his stat cast data, he would hit really well in Minute Maid. Um, and again, he he is an excellent defensive catcher. Get him with a couple years of team control and make it a priority to extend him. Oof, you're talking in business for a while. I'd feel much more mm-hmm. comfortable about that, even if that meant giving up Luis Garcia. Because, look, the reality is we're not going to be able to keep all six of these starting pitchers that we have right now anyway. At some point, yeah. something, something's got to give because it's going to get to the point, even the ones that are under team control, their arbitration salaries are going to get so big that it's going to be really hard to justify um, keeping all of them, especially with, you know, hopefully some guys uh, coming up from the farm here in the next few years. But I, I don't yeah, know. Like, you, you would have to trade one of the catchers. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'd have to you would for have sure to. have Corey Lee or Yanni or Diaz would, would be in that. Oh, breaking news. Chicago Cubs signed Jamison Tyone. Mm-mm-mm. Good signing Live. or bad signing? Uh, four years, 68 mil. I Ooh, think that's probably man. a little bit of an overpay. Um, But again, man, this market. That's, a, that's it, a lot. This market's bananas, man. I'm telling you. Uh, uh, Carlos, Rodon, <laughs> Carlos Rodon is just watching his stock rise every second. Yeah, I think the Yankees are going to go after him. But Jamison Tyon's an interesting one. Um, 391 last year with the Yankees in 2022. Had a 4.30, 430 ERA with 2021. And he is getting paid that much? Ugh. That, I think that's a big overpay for this guy. The Cubs seem to be in a bit of a movement. Uh, I don't know if they're in a hurry or what. I mean, at NL Central, I, I don't think it – I wouldn't say wide open. Um, I think the Cubs are – I mean, the Cardinals are still very much the team to beat there, but it's not a super contested division. I think they could they could make a push. But actually, anyway, let's, let's kind of start sliding into around the league, and we'll yeah. actually bridge to around the league with a little Astros roundup oh. as well with mm-hmm. the departure of Justin Verlander, our dear, our dear JV um, – he hit free agency after this year. He opted out of that of that contract, uh, as we pretty much expected that he would. Two years, $86.6 million to become a New York Met. Two-year deal, the third-year vesting option. Uh, I think he invests if he makes 20 starts this season, 24 starts. Um, it brings his lifetime earnings up to half a million dollars. I mean, sorry, half a billion dollars as a baseball player. So good for JV. I, I don't think there's a whole lot to say. We all kind of saw this coming. Uh, I think there was, you know, there was a chance that maybe the Astros could have kept him on a team-friendly deal, but uh, that was not the kind of guy JV is. He's going to take the He's a big union guy. Um, JV goes to the Mets. He got his money. Hopefully... He, he, I mean, he's chasing 300 wins right now. I wish him all the best. Uh, but sorry, buddy, we ain't paying you $45 million. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, you know, credit to Jim Crane. Obviously, you know, that's a big departure for Verlander to leave us. Um, but, you know, Jim Crane wasn't going to allow that to happen for us to spend big on him, especially that much money. Um, but even, you know, Crane was asked about, you know, JV's departure, and he said it got to. A number that we couldn't match would have been nice to have him. We had a good relationship. We just couldn't get to that number, which obviously that's understandable because I'm not fixing yeah. to pay a guy that's, you know, can he repeat the same year he had this past year? Maybe. But I just do not think that's going to happen because obviously when you age, you start regressing. But he has a new arm. I don't think that just I don't think the numbers continue to you know, be in his favor, obviously throughout the years of baseball. And, you know, especially when you age, you start regressing and that's in any sport that's in football, basketball, uh, tennis, any sport, you start regressing, even though you want to get better, you start getting a little bit more injuries and everything like that, which I'm not saying Verlander is going to get hurt or anything, but right. you know, you're playing a risky game right there, signing another 40 year old guy that you already have one in Max Scherzer. And you saw how it, what, how he did last year with the injuries. He was having some injury problems throughout the year. Um, didn't perform in the playoffs for the Mets. Him and DeGrom got swept by the Padres. And we know JV's history of being in the postseason. We saw it this past year. He got 
knocked around by the Seattle Mariners. Um, Yankees almost knocked him around, but thank God they didn't. Um, and then obviously the Phillies game one being, I mean, he had it going and all of a sudden just didn't go well for him. So I think it's a risky game for Cohen to go and do that. I, and he had to do it because Jacob DeGrom got, you know, departed and went to the Rangers. But, you know, he has to figure out some way somehow to get another pitcher. And that was the best guy next on the market. It was Justin Verlander. But to me, I think that was just I, just too much money. I wouldn't think there were winners on that deal. Yeah, and it's it's definitely a gamble, and we'll see uh, this time next year how well it pays off or doesn't. Uh, but I, I I just like you said, I think that's just too much money for for that for that old of a guy. And you know, I kind of went back and forth. At one point, I was like, you know, yes, Astros resign Verlander at all costs. Let's go. Um, but I, I I think that the extensions take such a priority, and then we got to focus more on that and the long term. Um, keeping the window open for as long as possible. And honestly, like I said, I really thought that there was a decent chance that a team-friendly deal, he's chasing 300 wins, you know, stay in a system where you can be starter number one in a six-man rotation. You can, you know, make sure you pitch all season. You have the team behind you to get the wins. Um, But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. I thought, you know, maybe one, one – Year 35 mil with the second year option to get it done. Nah, he went for the money and then you go do your thing, buddy. But you know what's crazy? Yeah. He's he's gonna make 43 million dollars. But you know how much Mrs. Verlander made last year? How much? 88 million dollars. <laughs> so we, we know who's still, the bread collector. Yeah, she's still the breadwinner in the family, uh, which is wild that you could make 43 million dollars in a year and still be the um lowest paid spouse but anyway <laughs> good luck to jv thank you for everything um uh, everything man oh we'll, we'll always everything. have those memories I mean, there's really nothing to say yeah and, and i'm happy we you know happy we got to be part of justin verlander's story and happy that um two rings baby two rings he got here two sides yeah yeah you know awesome awesome era for the astros uh, and then a couple other things. Uh, Astros in the All-MLB team. There are four Astros represented on the All-MLB first team. Uh, pitching representatives, you have Justin Verlander and Framber Valdez. Jose Altuve, second base on All-MLB first team. And Jordan Alvarez, the DH, which made me very happy to see that they did not put fucking Shohei Otani as the first team. Oh, God, dude, was gonna be, He was. I was going to be so pitcher. raged if that didn't happen. Oh, me too. He, he was the first team pitcher, but he was not the first team DH. Man. Uh, and then Kyle and Tucker it, and Ryan Presley were all MLB second team. The disrespect on showing Cease, man. Yeah, no kidding. That is surprising. Um, but um, good squad, good squad. Had great seasons. Altuve, it was his first. It was his first All MLB first time. First dude. team, which is surprising. Um, Couldn't believe it. But yeah, he, he had such a great season. Justin Verlander was a wildly second. great. Yeah, yeah, wild. Yeah. Uh, second, that was Justin Verlander's second first team on MLB. He's won. Yeah, that was Justin Verlander. Yeah, I believe if I read that correctly, I think MLB had posted a tweet. It was a second, or Mark Berman had mentioned about him winning his second All MLB first team. Um. Which is, I mean, the Altuve one is shocking to me, you know, being the best second baseman in the American League for a good, you know, while, I just couldn't believe it. Um, but So how did, how did Verlander, I, how did he, that means one year he won the American League Cy Young and didn't make first team all MLB. That's wild. See. I'm trying to find the tweet. I, I know I saw it somewhere. Um. I know for sure for Amber Valdez and obviously Jordan Alvarez. Um, yeah. It's their first year, but, man, I swear I saw it somewhere on here. It's very possible. You never know what those writers think. Things are getting crazy. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> but, anyway, the World Baseball Classic is inching closer. It'll be getting underway. Uh, practices, I think, will start in February. Exhibitions. Um, and then the World Baseball Classic will actually take place during the same time as spring training. Uh, it'll be getting underway then. 
And we have several Astros uh, representing in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, Venezuela, we have manager Omar Lopez. Jose Altuve will be playing and Luis Garcia. Martin Maldonado will be representing Puerto Rico. And for the Dominican Republic, Christian Javier, Javier, Christian Javier, Jeremy Pena, Framber Valdez, and Ryan Abreu are all going to be on that roster. That Dominican roster is going to be absolutely massive by the time it's all finalized. I haven't seen a full final Stacked. version of it, but that that is going to be insane. Uh, and then Jose Arquiti will be pitching for Team Mexico. And then Ryan Presley and Kyle Tucker will be representing the United States. Um, I think those are the only Astros on the American team. Uh, but the World Baseball Class is going to be a lot of fun. Definitely love seeing those Astros representing their countries out there. Um, it's going to be a just an absolute riot. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, coming up this spring, it's going to be really entertaining. For sure. Yeah, before spring training, especially, it gives us a, oh, well, during spring training, it gives us some time to, you know, see some, comp, you know, competing baseball, really. You know, obviously, spring training is when you let the young guns go out there and show out, try to earn a spot on the 40 man roster and everything like that. But now you got the World Baseball Classic that hasn't been, that hasn't happened since 2016, I believe, because it's supposed to happen in 2020. Obviously, we had to deal with COVID, but now COVID is not a big factor into things. We get to have the WBC and it should be very exciting. Like you said, that Dominican team is going to be very stacked and let's not even forget about team USA. I mean, you got Mike Trout, Aaron judge, Mookie Betts, Nolan Arenado, uh, JT Romuto. Uh, it's going to be a great, great world baseball classic this year. Yes, it is. So moving on to the hot stove, we've had some major movement, which kind of run through these, uh, relatively quickly here. Uh, Zach Eflin to the Rays, three years, $40 million. The highest paid free agent in Rays history. That is the biggest contract <laughs> they have ever given to a free agent is $40 million uh, to Zach Eflin. Um, good for the Rays, I guess. Good for Zach Eflin. That's shocking. Um, I think that especially if Aaron Judge departs, from the Yankees to the West Coast, I I, I really feel like the that, AL East let me, is kind of wide open. And that's not to say the Yankees are going like to regress or anything, but there are a lot of question marks surrounding the Yankees, and I think the Orioles are on the come up. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Let me say this real quick. The race, too, has a great starting pitching rotation now. Tyler Glasnow's yeah. coming back. Shane Bass is coming back. Um Obviously, Shane McClanahan has a great year. Now you add Zach Eflin, which Zach Eflin is not a bad pitcher at all. He was a starting pitcher, but obviously Philly put him in the bullpen. And Drew Rasmussen, that's the other guy I was thinking about. So their their starting rotation is very gonna is gonna be very underrated. I, I believe if the offense they could find some offense and offensive power because obviously they departed away um, G Man Choi, which that was their power first baseman. If they could get some offense in that team. Yeah, that that team could be winning the AL East, I think. Yeah, the, I think the AL East could be very, very competitive um, in a very short amount of time. Uh, the Texas Rangers are making moves. <clears throat> They've shown no signs of slowing down. Uh, I mean, if you remember last offseason, on, on one day or maybe two back-to-back days, they spent half a billion dollars handing out contracts to Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. Uh they kind of broke the internet Friday night, signing Jacob DeGrom for five years, $185 million, fully guaranteed. Um, I was surprised by this. I was not expecting DeGrom to get a five-year contract like that. Um, okay. I, I think at a certain point, you got to look at his injury history, and his injury history is what it is, yeah. and it is it's concerning. His injury history is is real and something that you cannot discount. Um, if the Rangers can get from him what they think they can and hope they can he could be a real a real problem yeah like um i i think it was too many years if, if he's healthy he's good he hasn't pitched over 200 innings since 2019 dude he hasn't i mean he hasn't been the same jacob de he's been fighting injuries uh 2020 i don't know you know obviously people don't count that we don't count that here um but 2021 he's only pitched 92 innings and 2022 he only pitched 64 and a third. So it's very crucial for the Rangers and for him 
you know, for the Rangers, really for him to be healthy. If he's not healthy, that's, you know, obviously a waste of money. And when he's healthy, obviously he's a Cy Young candidate. Uh, 2019, when he was, you know, pitching 204 innings, he got the Cy Young Award. 2018, 217 yeah. innings Cy Young Award as well. I mean, that when he's healthy, he is a dominating pitcher. He's a great pitcher. Everything he's one like of the best that. in baseball. But obviously, sure. like you exactly. And you know, when he's dealing with injuries, like you said, he's has a re, um, you know, an injury history throughout the years. When he's not healthy, he's just not the same. He's not that same guy. Yeah, and and you know, I think a lot of hubbub is being made at the Rangers, and I'm I've, I'm on the record on this podcast saying. Uh, to keep your eye out for them. Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter are right there. Uh, they're not far off. I would not be surprised to see either one of them or both of them sometime in the 2023 season. Um, they've got youth. They've got some guys that can hit the ball. Yeah. They've got some arms. Um, I think they still need a bullpen. I think that's that's their kind of biggest issue right now. And a, bit more, a little bit more consistency. But, I mean, if they get – if they get the production that they are expecting from Corey Seager and Marcus mm-hmm. Simeon over a full season, as well as even like 70% of the potential of Rocker, Leiter, and DeGrom, like that could be, they could really become a wagon pretty quickly. Um, so, yeah, it's, just, it's going to be yeah, interesting I don't think, watching I don't... their development. I don't think yet they're ready to be, you know, the second runner-up in the division yet. I think Seattle's too ta- uh, too talented right now. Julio Rodriguez hype is real. Um, obviously, we got to see George Kirby. Um, you know, the talent's there for Seattle. So I think Seattle's going to be riding that runner-up, or they could even possibly make a run to be the division winner. They're going to be there for a while. And for Texas, it's going to be – I think it'll be – a little longer than what they expect. They signed a m- bunch of money to, they gave a bunch of money to Simeon and Seager. Like you said, obviously their farm system is like top three, I believe in MLB, yeah. Josh Jung, um, Jack Leiter, obviously being the two guys that that's really familiar in that clubhouse. And they've made some moves in the starting pitching rotation. Obviously Jacob DeGrom being the biggest of them all. Um, Martin Perez had a great all-star year last year. And then obviously, too, we didn't get to mention Andrew Heaney uh, signed a two-year, $25 million, uh, bonuses and an opt-out after 2023 if he decides. So, I mean, they're improving any way possible as they can. But I just do not think they are the, you know, being the favorite or even, you know, being second place yet. Yeah, it's very interesting how people watch that. Uh, also, Colton Wong, Seattle, uh, in exchange for Abraham Toro, Jesse Winker, and the Brewers. To me, this was the Mariners dumping Jesse Winker. That was a huge signing of yeah. the offseason last year. And, you know, we talked about that being a guy that maybe the Astros should have targeted. I'm glad they did not. Um, you know, getting rid of him. Colton Wong, and certainly not a, a bad player. He's a little slightly above a uh, replacement level. Probably a good move for Seattle, uh, getting Winker off their books and moving forward, who ended up not being worth anything. Uh, the Phillies are first to dip into the shortstop market, signing Trey Turner to 11 years, $300 million. Uh, Turner turned down $342 million in San Diego. A bit of a surprise. Going um, on to head more, more beats, he got what he was a- yeah, I was shocked that he didn't get that Padres offer and take it because three hundred forty-two million. I think that would have made him the highest up um, ever. I think that beat the Lindor deal too. Um, I believe he was drafted too by the San Diego Padres. Yes, he was. But um, but yeah, I mean, eleven years, three hundred million, no trade clause, so you're stuck in Philly. But Philly's building something right there, dude. I mean, they're. I don't think they're looking to go down. After last year, especially, you know, being in the World Series, being that wild card that nobody expected to be at the, you know, broadest stage of them all. They're going to make a run for their money for the Braves and the Mets, because obviously everybody was talking about the Braves and Mets last year, how close it was in the division between them two. It's going to be a fun NL East, really. Um, Real quick, my yeah, real quick, Tyron Walker, too, four years, 72 million, and Matt Strom, 
relief pitcher from the Boston Red Sox, two years, fifteen million. So I mean, they're they're building everybody on that roster. I mean, they bought what Bryce Harper. They bought. Um, did they buy Zach Wheeler or was that on a trade? Uh, I, I think no, no, no. That was a signing. That was a signing. Yeah, he signed. They traded. Um, <laughs> yeah, they traded for Romito. Uh, traded for Marsh. I mean, they're trying to build everything. They signed Schwarber, but Schwarber, I don't think is is Schwarber still with the um Philly still. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, yeah. So I don't see the you know the Phillies are not going to back down. They're going to continue trying to do whatever they can to be the division winners and possibly get back to that World Series again. Yeah. No that. That division is just getting getting tougher. Uh, Mitch Haniger, Seattle free agent, outfielder, signs with the San Francisco Giants. I mentioned that earlier. Three years, forty-three and a half million. Uh, you know the impending decision of Aaron Judge, who, uh, as of right now, looks like he's leaving San Francisco. Reported uh, by John Heeman yesterday that Judge was headed to San Francisco and deleted it. Said he wasn't sure. Yeah, it wasn't Aaron Judge. But, it was Arson Judge. Arson. Yeah, Arson Judge. <laughs> um, but you know, with the, the potential of that out there, makes some interesting conversations as far as some of the other uh, San Francisco outfielders. Jock Peterson's still out there. Um, Mike Yastrzemski Mike is still out there. You know, there's some guys out there with uh, some some potential pop that could end up on the market. Maybe, maybe the Astros be interested. Um, another outfielder, Cody Bellinger, signs with the Cubs. I think to me, this has always made a lot of sense. I think I even said that on our last episode. Yeah. Um, one year, seventeen and a half million dollars, probably a good place for him. Um, like we said, the Cubs are probably gonna make a take a run at being competitive this year and maybe get him some good ABs and get back in the swing of things. Yeah, I think this is a kind of a improvement year for him. I think that's why he never wanted to sign a long term or a two to three year contract. He was always firm about being a one year deal, and he's just trying to you know prove his point, trying to make you know the best of himself to get more money in the following year. So it's a make or break deal for him too. I say if he doesn't produce, he's going to continue getting contracts like, you know, small contracts. They're not going to be huge, you know, money deals, money, money breakers. I'd say. Yeah. Um, Josh Bell switch hitting first baseman to the guardians two years, $33 million. Uh, he has an opt out after this season player option. Um, I was kind of surprised at the length of this contract. I really thought that Josh Bell would maybe get a four or five year deal four somewhere. Year. Yeah. Um, I think if the Astros had missed on Jose Abreu, they were going to be the ones to do that. Uh, yep. I think he was the best option out there after Abreu. Um, I I guess the market wasn't that great. You know, maybe surprised the Red. I mean, the White Sox didn't come calling themselves after losing Jose Abreu. Uh, I don't really know. I feel like that's an organization that's just in complete and total limbo right now. Yeah, um, it's, it's bad over there. Um, but yeah, I, I expected them to find a longer term home and maybe even a little bit of a, a little bit more of value um, than sixteen and a half. But he has that opt out if he goes and, and proves that he he's not as streaky as he as he tends to be. Maybe he goes. I think that's a perfect a good team for him. Give you out there. Oh, I think yeah, that's no, a it's team. a good fit. It is a good fit. Young young team in Cleveland that's proved that they could be a dangerous threat in the, you know, obviously in the NL, in the, you know, but the AL Central. But even in the postseason, obviously they gave the Yankees a scare. No, no one had thought the Yankees were going to lose to the Guardians. I'm pretty sure everybody had on their brackets that the Yankees were going to beat them by at least and by game four. Is that going to, is he going to be the fourth switch hitter in that lineup now? You got and- is Andres Jimenez. I think Jimenez Andres- is. You got Jose Ramirez. Now you got him. He's either the third or the fourth switch hitter, and then they I think they have two lefties in the lineup. That's a wild ass lineup. Yeah, um, Stephen Kwan's a lefty. Yeah, Rosario's a righty. Who's their catcher? Oscar Gonzalez is a righty. I don't know who their catcher is right now. And that's the only one is. I'm stuck on. But I mean their lineup is gonna be good regardless. I mean you you got oh, yeah. you got speed, you got contact, you got power. Uh, it's it's well balanced. And I think if really the AL Central is gonna go through them now. I mean it should have been the White Sox. White Sox have all the freaking talent. They screwed up that big time. I mean 
by it just really started when they hired Tony Russo. I thought that was the worst hire for them to get. Um, and then the Twins right now too. I mean, right now they don't know about Carlos Correa what the deal is going to be at shortstop, but they got Royce Lewis, which doesn't make sense for them to go after Correa when you got a talented high prospect in your farm system that could take over that shortstop role. Obviously, you saw how it uh, did for Houston, him, you know, Jeremy Pena getting an ALCS and World Series MVP, and maybe it could help out Royce Lewis, you know, and Correa being a mentor to everybody in the leader. You got Byron Buxton, too. You got um, Miranda at first or third. I think Luisa Rice, they said that there's a possibility that he could be a trade piece um, for the Twins. Yeah. But I, I think the AL Central still goes through the Guardians. Yeah, I know. I think it definitely does. Um, and that, that's, that's a good pickup for them. And uh, then finally, Tommy Conley back to the Bronx, headed to the Yankees, two years, $11.5 million. Um, the Yankees have yet to make a real big move. Obviously, they're waiting on to hear from Aaron Judge. Yeah, I mean, right now it's looking like the, the Giants might get Aaron Judge going to the Bay Area. But if they, you know, somehow the Yankees don't, Land judge, they're going to be spending a lot. They got to spend real quick, especially because the free agent market too is getting a little bit thinner and thinner, especially yeah. with the winter meetings going on. We don't know, you know, right now what's going on through the winter meetings. I think Correa will get off the board, possibility the other two shortstops as well. They do have a promising one in Vope. I think it's Andrew Vope as their, um, you know, top prospect in their farm system. So I don't know if they're going to do that. Obviously, they're going to have to spend on an outfielder if, judges, uh, if Judge leaves, maybe bringing Andrew Benatendi back. Um, they looked at Brandon Nimmo and Michael Conforto. But, I mean, I think it's a great thing for us. Obviously, their biggest signing of them all, Brian Cashman comes back to be the general manager for four years. So I think that's great news for us Astros fans to hear that Cashman is back. Yeah, it is, and it's going to be interesting to watch how the Yankees react. I mean, the worst-case scenario for the Yankees is that you build your team around Giancarlo Stanton, which is not the worst thing in the world. Um, but I, I do think they definitely are going to need to make some some serious upgrades because, like we mentioned, that AL East is getting more and more competitive, and they're not going to be able to, to hold on to it the way they always have. Mm -hmm, yeah. um, the Orioles, too, are coming up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I mean the hot stove continues to be hot, and we'll guys keep you keep you guys updated as much as we can as these deals are moving. Uh, obviously things are happening so fast, and they're gonna they're gonna continue happening uh, over the next several weeks as we head toward the new year, and of course barrel towards spring training. Uh, because once the free agents are off the table, then we start getting to trade talks, and we you know once that once the dust kind of settles from free agency, you have some a uh, little extra space on the forty man. You got a couple guys you need to move. That's when those conversations start to come into play uh, to a little bit more of a degree as you start to fill in those gaps in your roster as we march toward opening day. But we got a couple other around the league notes as we wrap up here. Uh, Fred McGriff is a Hall of Famer. He was a he was voted in on the Contemporary Players Committee, of the Contemporary Era Players Committee. Uh, he was well deserving Hall of Famer. Yeah, the crime dog ten seasons with thirty plus home runs, uh, one of four players to hit to have the home run title in both the AL and the NL uh, leagues. Four hundred ninety three career home runs, nineteen ninety four MLB All Star Game MVP, and obviously it was a big help in that ninety five team with Smoltz, Glavin, uh, Maddox, Andrew Jones, Chipper Jones, winning that ninety five World Series. Yeah. So the crime dog, former Blue Jay, Brave. I mean, shoot. Almost a third of the Major League Baseball, he was with the Blue Jays, Braves, Rays, Cubs, Padres, and Dodgers. Um, he received 16 votes unanimously. You just need 12 votes to get in. I believe 16 is the highest. So um, he got the 16 votes. S Don Mattingly was second with eight votes. Kurt Schilling with seven. Del Murphy with six. And all the others, Albert Bell. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Rafael Palmero, less than four votes. How do we feel about Barry Bonds, you know, being the biggest of them all? But, you know, Roger Clemens, Rafael Palmero, I think Albert Bell as well. These guys, I don't know if I know for sure three of them. I'm not too sure about Albert Bell. 
steroid users. I mean, Rafael Palmero obviously had steroids. Barry Bonds being the biggest story of them all being in the steroid era, as well as Roger Clemens. But how do we feel about, you know, the best? I think he's one of the best hitters, Barry Bonds, not getting at least more than four votes. It's it's bullshit and it's it and it's so stupid. Um, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are two of the best baseball players to ever play this game, and the fact that they're not going to be in the Hall of Fame is stupid. We're gonna look yeah. back. We're gonna look back. You know, a generation from now, and it, like it's going to be this big question of what were we thinking? I mean, mm-hmm. we've talked about this before. Like you know, and and that's what I don't get is that. On the surface, it seems like so many people are on the same page and that it's pretty common knowledge that Bonds and Clemens, like those guys have become like the face of a scandal that was so much bigger than them. Mm-hmm. Bonds, they were taking PEDs before PEDs were a thing. Like steroids had not even made their way onto the banned substance list. Barry Bonds never tested positive. He never failed a PED test. Nope, like, no, he didn't. It's so ridiculous when we know that there's guys in the Hall of Fame that have had just as much, if not worse, ties to PEDs. Um, Jeff Bagwell, hello. Our very like, own. I, Our very I, own. I, I mean, come on. Like, it's so dumb. And it just pisses me off that and, – and I'm pretty sure that the Contemporary Era Committee is players, right? It's former players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Chipper Jones is on the board. Um, John Smoltz was on the board, but had it come off because of an illness – Tim Raines, Greg Maddox. Um, yeah, I mean, you have former players there that have been in that situation. Uh, Jack see, Morris is one of them. Jack- that surprises me that I, I you would think that they would know better. Um, the writers, the baseball writers are all such pricks about the Hall of Fame that it doesn't surprise me anymore. Um, yeah, it, you know, it's, the- it's a shame. It's It's just a real shame. Uh, Barry Bonds. I mean, how do you keep the guy out of the home, out of the Hall of Fame? Roger Clemens won seven fucking Cy Young awards, seven and you're not going to put him in the, in the Hall of Fame. Give the most Cy Youngs from a pitcher, period, in Major League Baseball history. Uh, the guy with 700, what, 60, 770 something home runs, not in the Hall of Fame. Um, Pete Rose, the hit king, 4,000 something hits, not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, it yeah. is crazy that you know base okay steroids yes it, that's the biggest scandal of them all but my gosh do we not forget and do we not remember you have to hit the ball hand and eye coordination ball has to hit the bat in order to fly out to hit a home run yeah roger clemens I mean, pitching mechanics like it just doesn't make sense i mean dude these baseball writers don't know because they they're not the ones swinging the bat they are not the ones like you know, we, having we, a pitch to these guys. We look back at the 50s and 60s and 40s, you know, the, this golden age of baseball where Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio, like these guys are gods. They were taking amphetamines in the dugout. Like yes. green, greenies were handed out greenies. like M&Ms. Yeah. Like, like, are we seriously going to pretend that that's not a performance-enhancing drug? No, but those guys yeah. are golden gods of baseball and they're untouchable. Babe Ruth was a piece of shit. Ty Cobb was a piece of shit, but we revere them yeah. and they're – and no one questions their Hall of Fame status. They were terrible dudes, but they're in the Hall of Fame. Okay, they, so they you go from status. So it's, like it's, terrible it's ridiculous. dudes. Ridiculous. It is so yeah. stupid. It, I mean, terrible and dudes. that's why Kurt Schilling. I mean, Kurt Schilling is getting left out of that. It's dumb. Um, so 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 so. so an- another thing too, you know, David Ortiz. Nothing against him. Great dude. You know, obviously oh, yeah. he's a media guy. Everybody loves him. The big poppy himself. He did steroids. Why is that not being talked enough? I mean, first battle Hall of Famer, and like you, like we've said, I mean, he's a great dude, great for the game of baseball. But my gosh, do we forgot? Like, do we forget that he had done steroids? Like, Adrian Beltre, dude, uh, at a time had did steroids as well, and he's going to be on the yeah. Hall of Fame. And I'm pretty sure he'll be a first, second, or third ballot Hall of Fame. Um, you know, obviously getting to the Hall of Fame. Where you know where is. I just don't understand, like, the greatest guys that have played the game. And I don't know if it's going to affect the Astros in the long run, too. Obviously, it could affect Carlos Beltran with the cheating scandal. Is it going to affect Jose Altuve's chances of getting into the Hall of Fame? It's just, yeah, 
it's so frustrating as a fan of the game to witness players like these not to get enshrined in Cooperstown, New York. It is so frustrating as a fan of the base uh, of of the game. And, and you know, like the whole thing. If you've never fallen down the rabbit hole, and it, it, I, I borderline call it a conspiracy theory because I believe it. But like baseball was hurt after the strike in in 94 95 like those those years were lean and then boom you have the home run race you have big match and so well 98 yeah summer of 98 yeah but i'm saying like that a couple years later like that's when the steroids start creeping in and like the yeah. home run race the summer of 98 is like what reinvigorates that and you have then you have bonds like all those things are happening back to back to back and it brought baseball back from from the brink, back from you know being in a really bad spot post strike. And there's a whole lot about um, I'm blinking, but, Bud but Barry Bonds about Bud Selig's like complacency in this. In fact, even like encouraging PED use behind the scenes, um, like sending out a list saying, "Hey, these are all the banned substance, or these are all the steroids." Uh, that we're yeah. thinking about banning. Don't use these. Wink, wink. Nod, so, nod. Uh, it's just so. It's ridiculous. What What year did Barry Bonds start taking steroids? Is it ninety eight or ninety nine? I or even in the two thousands. Dude, even before that, this guy was a five tool player. He won one hundred percent. He won three MVPs. Nineteen eighty nine through nineteen ninety two. Three MVPs. He was a runner-up in 90, in 1990. Go Glove, Silver Slugger, All-Star. All his time in Pittsburgh, he was a legend. Um, obviously, him and Jim Leland kind of had a rough of things. Obviously, the Pirates organization, too, had a rough of things with him. That's why he returned home to San Fran to be, you know, playing with his, you know, to be enshrined with his godfather and Willie Mays and Barry and uh, Bobby Bonds. He was a Hall of Famer before he even took steroids for yeah. three MVPs in the span of, you know, he started in 86 to 93, three MVPs. Like I said, um, and then what, that's about a trying to look at the year difference here. About a seven to eight year difference. And he's already won three MVPs, all-star game selected, Go Glover, Silver Slugger awards. You know he's basically getting hardware, and he he should have been a Hall of Famer to begin with. Of course, everybody with the whole steroid use of him. You know, did he know that he was taking steroids? And even you know, I was looking at the documentary on ESPN of him. Um, it's really good, Bonds. That's what it's called. And he even said to himself, like, you could come check me for PEDs and everything like that. And test me all you want. I know I didn't do it for a fact. And I believe him too. Like, I just... The game of baseball is a mental game. And it is a hand-eye coordination when you go up to the plate. You have to be able to, you know, see ball, hit ball. You have to be able to hit, you know, in both directions to left, right, and center. It is a hard, you know, this is one of the hardest games to do. Basketball, you don't need to, you know, put a... Hit a 93 miles per hour fastball. It is one of the hardest things to do if you if you're going to be considered called an athlete. So, I mean that that's my rant with Barry Bonds. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. It's ridiculous how the baseball writers see it, but it it just it's very unfortunate. Yeah, it it, it definitely is. Um, we'll see. Obviously, the 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 Hall of Fame ballots are being collected right now. I think the Hall of Fame announcement is sometime in January. Like the first week of January. Yeah, January um, 20, 20-something, I think. Is the announcement or the induction? I believe it's the announcement. The induction is usually in um, the summertime. Yeah. Or like during the... Anyway, during either sometime, the end of sometime spring. coming yeah. up in, in the winter, we'll find out uh, who's going to the Hall of Fame, who isn't. And we can talk more on a later episode about uh, Hall of Fame about also. the Hall of Fame and see who 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 is headed in and and who isn't. So as we, as we wrap things up today, Lorenzo, I understand you got a hot take for us. Yes, I think 
I I did not see it, but I wouldn't be surprised. The Astros will sign some type of starting pitcher. I just don't know why. I think I have a feeling in my gut that they could sign a, you know another starting pitcher. It doesn't have to be a high end, you know, leverage guy, a big star name either. But obviously, we don't know the future of how the Astros are going to perform without Justin Verlander. I honestly think it'll be they'll be just fine. Because Lance McCullers, everybody just forgets how Lance McCullers Jr. was after that World Series game uh, in Philly. But, I mean, I think they should be fine. You know, you have Lance, you got Christian Javier, you got Framber Valdez. Obviously, we got some young talent in Urquidy, Garcia, Hunter Brown. It'll be interesting, but I won't, you know, I that's this is why it's called a hot take. I just, I think and i have a i have some type of feeling that they're going to sign a starting pitcher not a lot of i I definitely think it's a good chance that 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 happens um i would say if i'm on spot giving a hot take i i don't know how hot of a take this is but i don't think the astros sign wilson Contreras. i I don't know for whatever reason i don't know if they make Mm -hmm. a trade for somebody else i don't know if they sign somebody like christian vasquez but i just i don't see the wilson Contreras trade uh, a signing happening I don't think that they're going to be able to connect on terms. I think the Cardinals are a better. Are, I think the Cardinals are a better suited team for him anyway. Um, yeah, I don't I know. I just I, I don't see him willing to take on the utility role that the Astros are asking him to. Um, when he could go start as much as he wanted to in St. Louis. Um, yeah, that that's that's my hot take. And I don't know where the catcher is going to come from, but we, we're going to have to sign one. I would say most likely yeah. wouldn't hurt. But yeah, um, Cardinals, Cardinals are going to either sign him or or trade for Murphy. They got a lot of prospects they could give up. Brandon Donovan and Tommy Edmond, and you know, Nor- I think Nolan Gorman is one of their top as well. So, uh, yeah, one one of them guys are going to go be a Cardinal. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that develops. But guys, the stove is hot. Things are moving. Uh, we will let you know. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I know we had a bit of a break there. Um. But stay tuned to our social media. We'll let you guys know. We got a new podcast heading out for you. Um, we'll see what moves the Astros make here in these closing hours, I guess, of the winter meetings and in, in the next couple weeks to come. See you guys. Yeah. Shout out Jason Castro, the Astro. Oh, yeah. Enjoy retirement, baby. Yeah. Enjoy it. He earned it. He earned it. World Series champ. See ya. <laughs>